A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. This week, we talk about Caroline Flack and the assault charge. Should she be kicked off Love Island? Plus, we meet Julia Tazor, winner of the Great British Sewing Bee 2019, who's trying to persuade all of us to get our sewing needles out. And we talk to Sarah Knight, author of Fuck No, about why we should all learn to be more assertive when we're saying no. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! So, news story of this week that wasn't the election. I mean, I think she's probably very grateful for the election mm. happening because otherwise I think it would have been much bigger. Caroline Flack was arrested for allegedly attacking her boyfriend. Big question. Should she be sacked from Love Island? I am going back and forth on this because I personally think if this was a man, I would be without question saying, yes, he shouldn't be presenting Love Island. And I am judging myself for my own hesitation over it. She she attacks someone. She, this is a, an alleged domestic abuse situation. It hasn't been resolved. She has been arrested. She has a court date. I think he is now saying it was just a bit of a tiff that got out of hand and he feels very embarrassed. He doesn't want anything to do with it. But still, if this was a man, I think we'd be pushing to have him off the the show, wouldn't we? Yeah, I I think so. I do do really think that she she can't because she has such a high profile. She's got 1.9 million Twitter followers. You know, um, and you're leading a show that's all about relationships as well. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the, you know, yeah, I think I think this is going to do us some damage. I really do. Now, you, what did you think about him coming back and saying it was all a tiff? It got a bit out of hand. I feel embarrassed that we're even talking about it. I think the key word there, if that's exactly what you said, is embarrassed. Uh, and for men, and I think the stats will show that are that are in relationships where there is some form of domestic violence perpetrated by a woman, they do feel embarrassed because they feel like as men it should not happen to them. Um, and so the first thing I would say is, if the police turned up at her house or their house and she was arrested, something obviously went down. So I know we're using the word allegedly. But I do not think that in any scenario she should be presenting Love Island because until it's resolved and until it is clearly explained exactly what happened, she is not, for me, the role model that young girls should have in terms of being able to go through that sort of scenario and then still be presenting that sort of show. I think Maya Jama should should do it. I am in in the Maya Jama camp for a start. Um, But it is a, a thing of... And it, 
this week I was walking through the park and I saw a young couple having an all-out sort of mm-hmm. screaming argument, but it was perpetrated by the girl. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call her a girl because she was yeah, relatively young. young. And it was horrid the way she was treating um, her I'm assuming boyfriend. Yeah. And I think there is potentially a thing of because we're not teaching pe- young people how to have relationships that the abuse is almost going two mm. ways. And I, I, do we give her a platform which almost says it's okay to do whatever happened in that house that night? Because that's what Absolutely. bothers me the most that that her boyfriend's coming out or, or you know and saying that um it was just a, a tiff that got out of hand. Like, tiffs, that's not a healthy relationship. Mm. Having a, You might have a disagreement with your partner, you might fall out with your partner, but getting it to the point where your neighbours or your partner or somebody is calling the police, that is not normal behaviour. No. I mean, let's just remember, though, that we have just elected a Prime Minister who oh, very recently had, uh, had his neighbours call the police on <clears throat> Well, it's true, but again, another scenario where we make this kind of like, oh, you know, it's just, it's just what happens... That is not a healthy mm-hmm. dynamic. And like you say, Nat, I don't think people realise that how dysfunctional that is as a relationship. And, you know, she is high profile and women are looking up to her. And if you start going, well, actually, no, it's OK to treat your partner like that. Mm. I just feel like that's... And if it was a man, let's be clear, we'd yeah. be zero tolerance. Yeah, and absolutely. so for me, if we're going equality, it's zero tolerance yes. off the air. Because yeah. her partner posted a picture today, actually, on his Instagram. I was doing a little bit of stalking, <laughs> obviously researching for the show. Um, and he had posted a picture of him and Caroline with, a, you know, a love heart emoji. And I was like, wow, if that was a woman who'd been assaulted mm-hmm. by her partner and then she posts that picture, I'd be like, are you OK, hon? Mm. Like, yeah. that wouldn't... You'd be, you know, we'd assume it was some form of emotional abuse. Yeah, and he was probably controlling, and that's the only way she could stay in the relationship. And it might still be exactly the same thing. Let's remember, and you said this, H. Mm. Caroline is the older party in this. Yeah, he's twenty-seven. Uh, this is her third oh, she's engagement. 40, I mean, she yeah. does like to date. I, she has a pattern that I think is really fascinating because if that pattern existed in a man, mm-hmm. we would absolutely Question be it. questioning it. Yeah. So she likes to date younger men with a lower profile who sort of she is the upper hand and has the control mm-hmm. in the relationship. And ladies, I mean, feel free, you know, if you want to date a younger man, I think we have all done it in this room. <laughs> That's great. But I... I know that if she was a man of mm-hmm. her age dating women of their ages mm. and it was constantly about dating somebody with less status, uh, less ability to kind of look after themselves, less ability to potentially get out of a difficult relationship, mm. we would think that was strange. All ending badly. So all having yep. high, high-octane passion, we're getting engaged, then ending badly and now this scenario we would be calling out and saying he probably he's needs toxic. to... Exactly, he's yeah. toxic. He needs to think about the sort of person he is before he goes into another relationship. And so I'm going to call the same thing in this scenario. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't change because you're a woman. No, I agree. And also you to say that we don't, we don't know what happened, we don't yeah. know what their relationship is, but we can look at it and say, if you're on TV, particularly on a show that is about relationships and one of the things that I love Love Island for is mm. because I think it has brought out mm. real discussions about toxic relationships yeah. and what you should, what is and isn't acceptable in a relationship context. Mm. 
if you're going to be the presenter of that show, you need a level of emotional awareness, I think. Especially for a younger audience. Yeah. I might have a bit of leniency if... It was an older audience. I can't think of a show for an older what audience like this. What was like that this. Mr. and Mrs. Would show you? on ITV that okay, yeah. Holly and Phil used to present? Yeah, so or, or like Wise Swap would you or be something. More lenient? Slightly more lenient because an adult audience just... They're not looking up to the presenter as a role model. Yeah, Whereas but... a younger audience, I'm going to say specifically of girls you know, will think she's amazing. They want to be like her. They want to have her life. They're looking at her on Instagram. It's true. She's probably got more influence. But I just think anybody at any level, I mean, I'm Boris. A bit more leniency, I'm just saying. Really? If it was a woman, yeah, zero. a bit more lenient, a bit more kind of... Maybe you don't... Until we know what's going on, you don't need to take them off air. Whereas this, I'm like, off air, no so, conversation. I mean, what we do know is that her court date that's set, if that goes ahead that will happen before Love Island starts mm. again. So there's potentially a resolution which they can look at. But I have to say, based on this, based on the fact that police were called, she was mm. arrested, clearly he was physically assaulted, that for me does not feel like somebody who yeah. should be presenting a show. Do we think this is indicative of a rise in anger and violence amongst women? Yes. Yeah. I've seen it. Really? Yes. Mm. There, is, there is something in the air... Where and I don't know where it's come from, um, but seeing women behaving in a more violent manner but, um, with each other, with partners, just in the street to passers-by. It, oh, okay. And yeah. not even a socioeconomics thing, just women just being more verbally and physically aggressive. Really? Yeah. Okay, I haven't necessarily seen that. I think sometimes I always wonder, there's a classic, isn't there, you know, when a guy sort of says his ex is crazy, mm. you know, and traditionally you'd be like, oh, yeah, she's totally crazy. And then you get to know the guy and you're like, oh, no, you were driving <laughs> her crazy. So there is a bit of me that's looking here and going, okay, well, maybe there's some dysfunction from her, but actually could it be him that's driving her completely nuts? Yeah, you know? that's true. We don't know. It could be. Yeah, so when, be, you see a, but... when you see a girl really going off at a guy... Some, most of the time I'm like what has he done <laughs> like people don't don't get crazy like that unless somebody is making them crazy so you don't get crazy because you're a relatively balanced human being wow. so you don't get crazy like that until unless somebody's making you crazy but I do yeah. think there is I feel really old saying this because I'm gonna blame <laughs> it on reality tv I do think oh, there is something true. about all of us living our lives at a heightened level of drama mm. and thinking that it's, that's exactly you it. know, that actually we've had quite a dull week if we haven't had some massive explosion oh, really? at somebody because that's what happens on reality TV and mm, we see okay. reality and TV. And even soap operas are like that, Even right? soap operas are like that. But particularly reality where it's supposed to be, in quotes, reality people living real lives. Mm. And of course they're not. You know, they're blowing up at each other because it makes good TV. Yeah. But I feel like for a lot of young people, that has become the norm of how you should behave. So an example of this, uh, and God, I, I feel hit, old. The, hit the nail on the head, uh, when all of the uh, Housewives franchises started in the oh. US, a lot of them were predicated on violence and women attacking each other, throwing drinks at each yeah. other, or that moment when someone's wig got snatched. And I don't know if it was art imitating life or life then starting to imitate art, but that almost then became the norm in terms of a dynamic of um again that you know the drama that's what drama started to look like 
I can hand on heart, me and my girlfriends at school would never behave in that way. Yes, we had arguments and yes, we were loud and rowdy, but not to that extent. And I feel like that's almost permeated what an argument looks like. You cannot just have a disagreement. It has to be arms flailing, rip off the wig type drama. I feel like I've missed out in life because I've never thrown a drink over anyone. I mean, Tally. It's a standard yeah, yeah, Tally. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. That is, and also the, the drama that is in those shows, I hadn't really thought about it, but you're right. And it is, they do make these big deals. And I know it's kind of TV, but you're right. If you're watching a lot of that content, you are going to start to think that's normal, aren't you? Mm, that's our hot take on the Caroline Flack yeah, incident. She's watched too much reality <laughs> TV. <laughs> too much reality Calm TV. down, Caroline. <laughs> she's created too much and it's gone into her brain. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. We are talking sewing here on Badass Women's Hour XL. Do you know how to mend a hem? Could you sew a button back on your shirt? I certainly couldn't. But our next guest absolutely could because she is the winner of the Great British Sewing Bee 2019. It's Juliette Azor. Hello, welcome. Thank you very much. Hello. Hi. Hello. Lovely to meet you all. I am a huge fan of the Great British Sewing Bee. I watched it. I watched you win. You made beautiful clothes. Thank you. Tell us, what is it like to be on a competition which seems to ask almost the impossible? It's oh, like, knock up it. a designer dress, you have two hours, here's a curtain. Oh, it was <laughs> intense. It was intense. I mean, we had the show, we had the episode where we had to create something, you know, a summer party dress out of curtains or duvets or whatever it was. And um, it was it was intense. But I mean... We did it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been sewing for? Have you always been, like, as a kid, were you there with a needle and thread? Or Never. Was something? Is that Really? I only started, I got my machine in 2013. What made it you was, get the machine? Um, you know, it was one of those conversations I had with my mum. She, she went, you know, it would be nice for everyone to have something, you know, something you can do with your hands. Mm. Um, so, because she's, obviously she's retired now, and she wished she, could able, she was able to do something that wasn't, you know, office work. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm going to try sewing. <laughs> I'm going to do a bit of sewing. So I went into um, Hobbycraft and got myself a sewing machine and that's how it all started. Plugged in a DVD that came along with the machine and um, just, just followed instructions that way after work. So I'm a primary school teacher, but I don't teach at the moment. But um, at the time, after school, I would, you know, Couples. plug it in. Wow. Bit of, yeah, tote bags, <laughs> skirts. <laughs> to your mum's point, do you think, there's a, a lost art in sewing and I'm going to add in knitting mm. so as you were talking my, uh, and we've still got it my gran had the sewing machine table where the sewing machine was under the bottom of the table you used mm-hmm. to flip it round mm-hmm. and it was something I think that all f- hat families had because you made yeah. your own clothes yeah. and I remember she used to buy all the patterns and yeah. make her own dresses yeah. and it was a normal thing and in school we did mm. textiles because you mm. needed to learn how to sew so, yeah. and I went to knitting classes I tell what, you what, where have we gone wrong? there's a generation the generation in between um I think it's my mum's generation that it kind of went mm. that I'm not sure, but I think it's that that was where we had that gap because um, at that point, a lot of things were bought. Mm. People bought their own clothing rather than make their own. It was so the it point was, when it became affordable, I guess. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, I think that's where it all we had that gap. But um, but it's really sad that now that is uh, we've lost that again in schools because you know the. That budget, you know, you've got the budget for creativity, creative, um, you know, subjects and stuff like that. 
have kind of been put to the back and, you know, you don't get after-school clubs. Well, you do have the off-teacher here or there or teaching assistant who would set up a club for children to learn how to, you know, do crafty things here and there. But it isn't a priority for schools anymore and it's really sad. Do you think we'll get back to a, a time when, you know, I remember my grandma, actually, she used to make everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, you know, she Same. would... Yeah, she would... I mean, she would make us clothes for our, like, Cindy dolls when we were oh, kids yeah. and stuff. Um, but for her, like, you know, at that time, especially like, going through the war, you would buy patterns mm -hmm. and then you'd buy your fabric. Mm -hmm. And that's a really sustainable way Absolutely. of... Of doing, doing fashion. And yeah. I wonder, do you think that we might get back to that? Um, it's it's actually really trendy these days for people to create their own. You know, you know, you do have those who prefer to upcycle, so you buy mm -hmm. from the charity shop and then turn it into something more trendy. And you do have those who create from scratch, mm -hmm. and it is becoming really trendy. And you know, quite you know, it's I think it's cool these days for people to actually create their things. And you know, anyone who asks, you know, where did you get that from? I made it, and they go, really? Can I? Can I? Can you teach me? And I've been. You know, I've had more interest from a lot of people through social media and in real life asking to come along and learn how to sew. And I'm really pleased about it. And I'm pleased that, you know, I'm able to use this platform that I've been, you know, that I've, you know, I've gotten to inspire more people to whip that sewing machine out and dust it yeah. off. I've, I mean, I've got a friend who I took shopping, fabric shopping today. She bought a very first fabric and she's yeah. going to make a, a dress for our friend's wedding. A friend of ours is getting married next year and she's going to make her actual dress Great. for it. And that's, that you, makes me so happy. Do you struggle to buy clothes now, though? Now you know that there's probably an awful lot of stuff in the shops that you're like, actually, I could probably knock that up really quickly. Yeah. I know the fabric. Yeah. Do you find it a bit hard to, like, buy kind of everyday fashion? I buy clothes. I mean, you know, I, I still buy clothes, but I buy knitted clothes like this mm. i can't i can't knit yeah so i do buy those because you need those as well but there are certain things that i look at i go into zara and i'll look inside and you know yeah. look at how things have been constructed yeah. so i can go home and make it for myself yeah. so i look at clothes in a completely different way than i used to in the past and um i think that that has changed yeah um, I'm more. I'm more investigating. <laughs> I'm more. I, I want to investigate and know how it's been created rather than buying it. Yeah. And sometimes I see really, really cheap clothes, and I think, how is that possible? That you know that dress can cost twenty five pounds. I know how long it takes to create yeah. something like that. I know how much a good quality piece of fabric would cost to make a dress like. So, I kind of look look at clothes completely differently. Mm. You know, compared to the way I looked at them. In the past which is a great thing i think mm. for everyone mm. to have right because mm. it would help with the way that we consume yeah. clothes mm. and fast fashion yeah is there a cathartic side to this as well and, and can you start without a sewing machine so I, again i remember school we used to have to hand stitch hand stitch yeah. well if you are after something that would last i think you know hand sewing can create you know can produce a nice durable piece of clothing mm. but sewing machines are better because your stitches are more, you know, um, firmer, they, they would last, your clothes will last longer. Yeah. But, you know, hand stitching is good for, like, hems and you need that, or decorative stitches and that, but yeah. you need a sewing machine. <laughs> but then, you know, you can get, people can get sewing machines from, you know, um, second-hand shops. Mm. People sell their sewing machines when they want to get an upgrade, so they put it on, you know, those websites where you can buy things online um, second-hand. So I, I think it's quite accessible, and, you know, they're quite cheap. They're good, you know, under £100 um, 
you know, entry level sewing machines out there. So I do not think it's far away from, you and know, cathartic. So I remember the, the sound yeah. of the tapping of the yeah. machine, you know, the <laughs> yeah. for listeners yeah. at home, that, that, that clicking and then, and then what, you know, you have to use, you have to use your foot. So there's a lot. It's Basically, gone. you can't be thinking about, well, maybe my grandma's Got putting on the dinner yeah. and yeah. everything Mindful. else. You can't be on social media at the yeah. same time yeah. as sewing a dress. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm are. always on Instagram. <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes there's certain projects that I do that I film. So I'll, just to show people how to do certain things i do get you know requests from people sh you know asking how do you actually because i love sleeves mm. i love sleeves i've got a thing for sleeves <laughs> so yeah so i do have people asking how did you create those sleeves mm. or how do you how do you go from that to that and i'll do you know you know how you do um i call them what? i can't remember you know on, on your instagram stories you can have those step-by-step -step photos oh, showing yeah. Yeah, yeah, instructions, yeah, okay, yeah you know visual instructions yeah. and i love to do that so i can and i tell you Genius. what sewing machines sewing machines are much quieter these days they come so quite oh no yeah so you can disappointed yeah. about you that you do have though. the noisy ones but you know most sewers sew when the family's asleep because it's uh. it's more of a therapeutic thing it's more of a me time mm. hobby where you know the kids have gone to bed or you know whoever it is you can just go into your little space mm. and have that time to yourself and, and just make something. yeah make something if somebody wants to start sewing where do they start i remember when i was very young we had sewing classes at school and mm. i was started with a hat which was i'm gonna be frank a disaster <laughs> i managed to sew up the bit Hats where you put hard. your oh, thank you that's yeah. what i thought yeah. i thought it was quite hard what should people be starting with? Tote bag. Easy. Tote bag. Yeah. Tote bag. Yeah. Start with yeah. a tote bag. Yeah. Or a or makeup purse. Yeah. Make, makeup oh, bag. Yeah. 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 Um, something without a zipper. Something very, you know, and tote bag. Can you find patterns and ideas online or do you have to go into the shop and buy them like in the old um, days? Online, things can be found online. There are lots of workshops. So many, I conduct workshops. I do, um, I teach online not online, not yet, actually. <laughs> it's in the works. But I teach, um, you know, face-to-face -face workshops, one-to-one -one and in groups as well. There are so many workshops out there in fabric shops and craft shops. You do have colleges where they, you know, have evening classes for people, beginners to learn how to sew. Mm -hmm. there, there are online, you know, platforms where people can pay you know subscribe to learn how to sew you know watching videos and there's there's so much on youtube <laughs> i learned yeah. to sew on youtube did you everything okay. i know now is, is yeah. there a big YouTube. kind of yeah. sewing social media community in the way that there is for oh. like baking and things like that it's massive it's massive and it's so people there are so supportive they're they're really lovely people who actually want to they want you to do well and I've, I found it so, so encouraging and it's pushed me to keep going. There's no, like, sewing jealousy. We were talking earlier about, like, people being divided over politics and, you know, there's um, no, like, no, like, sewing jealousy, no, sewing sabotage, none of that. Not that I know of. Good. Not Actually, not that's that good. I know It's good yeah. to know there's, there are some yeah. safe spaces. Yes, no, <laughs> it's a very supportive community and I love the way, um, you know, people, you, you watch, you know, you know, obviously people share things on social media, so you do see how people come out to support someone who's, you know, done a launch, a pattern launch, launch or book launch mm. or uh, uh, uh i mean i did actually organize a uh, um a bit of a social well not a social so i organized myself and another she's a, a gp who loves to sew as well who lives not far from me we organized that in south london southeast london where we live and um, it was so lovely how 
people just came along to mm. just chat about making and we swapped gadgets and you know it was just they're so lovely yeah. and nice. I love that I love that feel about it so I really quickly want to shout out my dad right now. So my dad is only 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I was eight, we went to John Lewis. He bought mm-hmm. fabric and he made uh, all of the curtains for wow. his new flat, Aww. double lined, because wow. he knows how to sew. Yeah, it was That's the same cool. thing. I sat there and I sat there and I watched him make these curtains over two days. And it, where did he learn? Did from my grand. Because it was oh, standard, right? Mm. You grew up in a house with a sewing machine. Mm. You yeah. just know. Mm. You know yeah, it's just, it's, mm. it's life. Yeah. And so he was like, I want these curtains. I want them double lines. I'm mm. going to buy my own fabric. I'll mm. make them. And I and he, I sat there with him. Mm. Um, and as as he went through it, and That's as so he was cool. talking, it, that visual came back Aww. to me. And I was like, my dad, he would have been 28, you know, yeah. young guy at yeah. home making like, his own curtains. I mean, there's so many men who sew. And they sew, most of them sew for their kids, for their wives, for their partners, yeah. for themselves. Yeah. I mean, Ricardo, who yeah. who was in on the show with me as well. Ben, they're so creative. So good. They fabricate some really cool, you know, cool designs. And Ricardo created a bomber jacket from, you know, an old sofa he found lying on the street. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he just ripped it apart, used the leather to create himself such a cool... I feel like jacket. everyone needs to put that on their Tinder profile. Now. <laughs> <laughs> needs to be given itself. Can I sew? Yeah. Can I bake? Yeah. yeah. Useful yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Julia, thank you so oh. much for coming in and chatting to us. If people want to learn from you or see your videos, where should they be looking? They can find me at, um, at Juliet Uzel underscore or go to my website, www.so, like so, S-E-W, <laughs> so, so S-E-W-S-O, natural.com. So, 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 natural.com. Thank you so much for thank coming you. and inspiring us to get sewing. Thank you very much. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a pilates class or outdoor guided walk peloton has everything you need to help you get going get a head start on summer with peloton at onepeloton.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But our next guest is doing um, intense social change through books. Uh, So Sarah Knight is the author of the best-selling The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving Up. And her new book is called Mm, No, 
F no. Um, our producer Johnny has asked me to say he's really sorry if anyone's offended by any of the titles. Uh, I hope at this time of night you're not, but you never know. Um, it's Her new book is all about how to stop saying yes when you can't and you shouldn't and you just don't want to. And given that we are entering the season of a gazillion holiday parties and as a somewhat introverted soul, I like to say no to a lot of them. I'm very excited to have her here. Sarah Knight, welcome to Badass Women's Hour. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Uh, so why do we find it so difficult to say no? Well, I think that women in particular have been socialized since a very young age to be agreeable, to be, uh, you know, uh, to serve people, to smooth things over, to make sure that everybody else is okay and happy and isn't getting their feelings hurt. And that translates into making it very difficult uh, for us to say no. So you have called yourself the anti-guru because your books are probably filed in the self-help section, but they're sort of about stopping worrying about what everyone else is thinking and just getting on with it. Why do you think they have yeah, been I so popular? Them, oh, sorry. No, go on, fine. <laughs> um, sorry to interrupt you. I, uh, I think that, um, you know, my books are basically self-help for people who think they don't like self-help, um, <laughs> of which I, I am one of those people. And I think that they've been resonating, you know, in part because of the language that, that I now know I cannot use on your show. <laughs> so I will not use. Um, and, and the humor, you know, and there is inherent uh, humor to be found in bad words. Everybody gets a little bit excited about somebody else saying them. But I'm also just trying to say with all of my books, the things that we've all been thinking in our own minds and have maybe been afraid to say or weren't sure we were allowed to say or weren't giving ourselves permission to say. So that, I think, has been very liberating, and that's why people seem to be coming to the series in droves. So, Sarah, what I love about your books is that uh, for a long time, a lot of self-help was very... It, it, was, it was male lens type self-help. Um, and I consumed a lot of it. And then there was a wave of more female lens self-help, but it was very soft. Um, and so having something that is basically no nonsense really resonates. Because I think we'd got into a split space where it was all a bit like, this is how to wash your hair. Um, and, the, you know, this is, this is how to, you know, just, just be, just, you know, just stuff that isn't really going to get us through life. But actually knowing how to say no, knowing how to say no because it's a Tuesday and you don't want to have sex, really important. Um, knowing how to tell your mm -hmm. boss no in your, own, in your own words and being totally comfortable with saying no, really, really important without having to sugarcoat it in, in a way that um, a whole wave of, of books have. So I just wanted to put that out there. I like your style. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it because that's what I'm going for. And the thing is, um, saying no is, is taking a stance and it, and it shows your strength and it shows that you know what you're worth and what your time, energy, and money are worth mm -hmm. and how you value them. But it doesn't have to make you um, a, a jerk. It doesn't have to make you a bad person. And what I'm trying to explain to people is that you can do it in a way that is honest and polite, but is also um, a little bit selfish, and that's okay. And I'm just really trying to help put the words into people's mouths if they haven't known exactly how to express themselves until now. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It can be no to an invitation, no to doing a favor, no to giving somebody a loan, no to staying late at the office, or no, I don't want to come home with you tonight. 
Sarah, you seem like a professional knower. <laughs> um, I, I want to know, when did your no journey start? Have you mm. always been really comfortable with saying no? Or has this been a little bit of, you know, a journey for yourself to get to the point where you can, you know, confidently write a book on it? Well, the answer is no. I was not always comfortable. <laughs> I spent probably the first 30 years of my life, I'm 41 now, uh, being in a constant state of people-pleasing and overachieving and saying yes to all kinds of things because I thought I had to, because I felt obligated or guilty or, you know, simply to help other people, which is not inherently a bad thing to want to do. But if you do it too much and you don't pay attention to your own limits, then you will become, uh, swiftly become a blubbering mess, which is what happened to me about five or six years ago. Um, and that was when I both quit my corporate job, moved from New York City to the Dominican Republic, where I'm speaking to you from today, mm. and also started writing the No Beats Given Guides, um, of which there are now five. And that was really when I started to find my voice and my strength and be able to say, you know what, the way I've been doing it has not been working. It sent me into a panic spiral um, and I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. So I fixed it for me and now I'm hoping other people fix it either before it happens or before it's too late. <laughs> for anyone who is not good at no, where do they start? What's the kind of first thing to maybe practice or have a go at saying no to? Well, the first thing you have to be able to do is say no to yourself. So you need to set your own boundaries. You need to consider, as I said before, what your time, energy, and money are worth to you and what you want to spend it on and really be honest with yourself. And the next step is expressing it to other people. I prefer a very simple approach. I call it a hard no, and it's just no thank you. No, I can't make it. I don't have time. I can't afford it. Um, anything like that up to and including, no, thank you, I don't want to do that, is okay. And simple is better. Mm. The point is to do it swiftly so that you are not leaving somebody hanging. You know, be polite about your response, be honest, and make it nice and nice and short and sweet. But I also have several other types of no that I talk about in the book, some of which are easier for beginners. And one of those is called the no and switch and that's when you say no to the thing that has been asked of you or offered to you, but you offer a different thing that does work for you. Mm. So, no, I can't come to your dinner party. Maybe your reason is because you don't like the other people that are going to be at the party, but you don't want to tell your friend that because it would be rude. So you say, no, I can't make it to your dinner party, but I'd love to see you one-on-one. -on -one. Do you have time for lunch this week? So the no and switch is a good way for beginners who are uncomfortable completely ripping off the Band-Aid and saying no to say their no and then offer something that is more acceptable and, and tenable for themselves. I've got a question for you, Sarah. Just recently, you'd be quite proud of me. Like I'm getting much, I'm getting really good at saying no. And I got asked to do this kind of work thing, and I said no. And then the person asking came back really hard and was like, "Oh, well, please, will you do it?" And and almost tried to take me on a little bit of a guilt trip around it. Uh, how do you deal with situations like that? Oh, I have an entire chapter on oh, guilt. Oh, do you? Okay. Uh, it's, it's called Let's Talk About Guilt, Baby. And um, <laughs> basically, you know, I have, as, as you would probably imagine, a pretty logical, rational, and simple approach to dealing with guilt. And what I like to do, if somebody is pushing really, really hard um, and they're trying to make you feel bad about it, they're actively trying to make you feel bad about it, I would say, 
I'm really sorry, but I think that the fact that you can't take my no for an answer says more about you than it does about me. <gasps> um, and that is really, that's the, the final frontier. Um, what I talk about also in the book is that there are lots of people who will react completely naturally and normally to you saying no to something by saying, oh, well, that's too bad. I wish you could be there. They're just saying their truth, just like you said your truth, that you couldn't make it. So don't get too um, freaked out about somebody very naturally responding to your no with a statement of, oh, I wish it was different. You can say, yeah, I wish it was too. And then <laughs> the conversation is over. Sometimes people are going to you know, push a little bit harder and ask, if, you know, are you sure? Could you reconsider? And you're allowed to just say, no, I really can't. Um, you know, mm-hmm. thanks so much for asking. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. But the answer is still no. Good luck. And yeah. most people don't want to be jerks. They're not going to take it further with you because it just took them a couple rounds and they're like, oh, now I get your answer. But if they're really putting the guilt trip on, you can just turn it around on them. Thank you so much, Sarah. We've loved chatting to you. Sarah Knight's new book, F No, is out now. How to stop saying yes when you can't, you shouldn't, or you just don't want to. One, two, three, four! This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.